0: Thank you for joining us today for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, follow us on social media at Celebration ORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Well, man, Pastor Keith, I'm, uh, I'm so excited for the first week of After the Message. Yes. Uh, we just started the I Am series. Yes. Um, this this last week was amazing, talking about I Am the True Vine, how God is our source. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I loved everything you said. Can you give like, talk about those three things that you talked about towards the end of the sermon that things you want us to remember about God being our source and the true vine and all that.
1: Yeah. I I think what's, what's important about this series overall is, is understanding that when we, when we know who God is, then we know who we are. Yeah. I think so, so often we're trying to find identity and we're looking for other sources to do that. But, and we we can often look at like our walk with God to be this thing that's disconnected from like the world. But if we can understand, we get our identity from him, let him be our source. That sets the whole tone. So when we know who he is, then we know who we are. So one of the things that we kind of really focused on, um, in this message but then also in the series and i think it's going to come up quite a bit is just like if we want to be if we really want to be fruitful we're going to have to be faithful yeah we're gonna have to stay like rooted and planted in him and continue to allow ourselves to like really absorb the nutrients of truth instead of like a fresh dose of it and then i kind of go on my own way and then we kind of get away from it so that's really one of the primary things
0: that's super important too because i think so many times what we can do when it comes to being fruitful is we can expect something to happen overnight. Yes. it's supposed to actually take time to yes. develop inside of us. Like we can even be like, Hey, we want the Holy spirit to move. But like the fruit of the spirit is something that takes time. It takes time to grow Absolutely. in our lives. And so as we give it time to grow and develop, that's where we actually see fruitfulness as long as we stay yes. faithful in those moments. And
1: here's the key with that, man. It, it requires us like, because again, like we'll notice, and, and we talked about this this past Sunday, but we'll notice like there's this, there's this theme in scripture where like our growth is always associated with like, um, with like trees and yeah. things like that like there it's interesting how god uses that as the primary vehicle to communicate like this is what growth looks like and so here's the thing about like trees and things like that it's it goes through seasons yeah and so we use that phrase a lot but i think if we if we if we miss it we can have like this accelerated mentality of like let's hurry and get there instead of us looking at our lives through the through the lens of seasons we're in a season and so with every season there's a purpose and something that God's doing in it. But if we're trying to get to that season where we're, where God's trying to cultivate something, he wants to plant something in us, but we're in that mindset of like, I want to grow right now. We'll we'll miss what God truly wants to do in that. Even, even when the scriptures speak about Jesus, like they say that he literally was planted in the ground so that he could produce new life for us, but it's understanding your season. And I think one of the things that we often struggle with is that we, we misdiagnose our season because we just want the outcome but we don't recognize the grace that this that that the season provides for us yeah. you know what I mean so I think that's that's one of the challenges man
0: How many times do you think that we misdiagnose our season because in that season, what God's trying to do is prune some things out of us, but it's uncomfortable, so then we're like instead of being pruned, we just need to like run need to get away man, like
1: i couldn't I couldn't put a number on it and, and here's the thing man like it's it's not easy, yeah, you know the truth of the matter is man, no matter how long we've walked with God like one of i I learned something a couple of weeks ago that I never really considered but I heard somebody say, like, we're addicted to comfort, mm. and 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 that's just the way that we are in our society. That's just the kind of the way that we're wired, and no one's running around looking for for pain and like, hey, man, sign me up. I want I want the longest route possible. But we'll see these these patterns in scripture and even in our own lives, where man, we just we just want to get the fruit. We just want to get the outcome. Like you look at the Exodus narrative, yeah. and and God speaks to Moses and says, like, hey, we're going to get to a, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the vision. That's yeah. the that's the destination. You're going to get there. But like three days into the journey, they're like, bro, like what is going on? Like, can we just hurry up and get there and not realizing that even the wilderness was meant to be a pruning season? Um, Of course, they had to be obedient and some things that God had to walk through um, them with in that regard. But yeah, I think that sometimes for us, um, we don't recognize the season that we're in. And so sometimes we, we really, I don't always think that it's just like vain ambition or we feel Mm -hmm. like um, that we're being rebellious. I think a lot of times it's just that we're looking for, we may think that God's not with us. Yeah. And I think that's the part that we can often misdiagnose is that when we are in a season of not being comfortable, that maybe that's an indication that God's not with us. But something that I've recently learned as well is just that just because something's not comfortable doesn't mean that it's not right. Yeah. Um, we, we think about childbirth, like it's there's something that's obviously happening, the process of of growing, the womb expand, all the things that take place. But but when that deliverance moment comes, like it's not comfortable but the fruit is coming on the other yeah. side, but we can't get so uncomfortable that we feel like, okay, then something's wrong. No, yeah. that actually may mean that something's right. Maybe God's going to do something in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know my generation specifically. That's one of the things that I feel like.
1: Your generation. What's your generation? <laughs> Tell me what your generation I'm
0: my, is. My, I'm a millennial. I found that out a couple weeks ago wow. as well. I didn't think I was. Okay. I, I did not like it when I found out that I was a millennial, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> there's
1: grace for the millennials. I know, there is. It's a season.
0: But it's there's so season. many stereotypes too, as well. But um, I think. What happens a lot with my generation is that we feel like if it's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. if it's causing us to change, if it's causing us to have to do something different, then we don't like it and we'll push back on it. And I feel like what I've even had to learn in my own life is that so many times what God is doing in those seasons is he is growing me because now that I am, you know, I'm 33. I'm not super old, not super young as well, but I can look back in seasons where I was uncomfortable and I thought something was wrong because I was uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but something was actually happening on the inside of me and I'm glad that I stayed faithful because now I can see that fruit in my life especially having kids man fruit and then you need that in your life like crazy and and kids
1: will teach you yeah like it it really does teach you because obviously you're now responsible of watching uh, a human being grow and and then when you get on the other side I I'm 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 at that stage in my life where I I'm almost kind of mimicking my parents where it's like well back in my day (laughs) like you, you kind of start quoting your parents things you never thought that you would do Um, but I find myself in that space now when I'm talking to my my kids and, and now my granddaughters are coming up But like, I'm finding myself like looking at the world through their lens, but remembering where I came from and trying to provide context. But the truth of the matter is, man, like if I if I could be 100 with you, man, like it's not really a, a millennial thing yeah. that gave birth to impatience. Hmm. We've all had a version of that. We're just we're just you a little just, more
0: impatient. <laughs> you guys are just a little bit more. Like you've mastered the art yeah. of
1: being impatient, but that's not a new thing, man. That's that's something you see in scripture. That's yeah. something that you see in like we all kind of want to get to the end result as quickly as possible. I just think that because the millennials are so innovative. Mm -hmm. And that being able to create all these wonderful resources and tools that we now get a chance to enjoy, we often believe that that should translate into every area of our lives. So when there is a season of delay, when there is a season of you just got to wait this thing out, you got to be patient. That's where the conflict is, because we live in a world that is just so much have it your way that when it's not your way, that's the moment that I think, unfortunately, with millennials, they don't have the the fortitude or the, yeah. the, the natural recognition of, okay, but God's doing the work yeah. in it. And I think that's the part that we can miss, yeah. but that's, that's why Jesus says like, I'm the true, but like, if you stick with me, yeah. look at my patterns, look at my rhythms. If you can stick with me, even if you're going through one of those delayed seasons, those seasons of I'm cultivating something, there's going to be something that's going to be produced through this. Um, if we can stick with him, that even when we're in those seasons of discomfort, he is with us yeah. and there's still grace for the season that we're in. I think that's the, that's the lesson that I had to learn. Like when I, when I when I look back over my own life and, and I think of moments where, whether it be like financial hardships, mm-hmm. uh, physical hardships, whatever, once you kind of get past resisting it, once you kind of get past the, what do I got to do to get out of it? And you really embrace where you are. There's always a grace that comes there yeah. when you accept the truth of where you are. Because I feel like, God's doing something in it. There's not a place that we can go. So, so the psalmist says it this way. There's no, there's nowhere I can go that I can escape the grace of God. Like he even says that even if I go to hell, like mm-hmm. God is there. So that means that there's literally not a spot that you can be in that you can escape the grace of God. I just think that sometimes like Paul was, he was going against the grain. Yeah. So like Jesus shows up and saying, like, man, like you're literally going against the direction of grace. If you can just embrace what's the reality, then I can move you forward. Yeah. Even if it's in a season of discomfort, that's the part that I think that we, as we're maturing in our faith, we have to come to grips with Yeah. I
0: remember when the very first sermons I ever heard you preach um, here at Celebration. You were actually talking about how your delay is not God's denial. Yes. And I remember you talking about that. And then even, so this week, you kind of even uh, went into that a little bit when you were talking about um, choosing, when we choose life, we avoid death. Yes. And talking about like the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and how it wasn't like that God's like, Hey, you can never have that, but yes. this isn't good for you now. Yes. Um, I thought you've talked to, to us about that a lot, even as a, a staff team, mm-hmm. just uh, of the knowledge of good and evil and then also the tree of life. And I, I want, I want to hear you talk more about that. Like some yeah. thoughts, your thoughts. That. That's
1: a, that could be its own separate thing. And, and honestly, man, I've, I've studied it for years and there's even other like academic um, writings and people that have gone into it far better and with more detail than I ever could. In fact, like even um, the Bible Project. They did a whole series on the, the Tree of Life, and then they had an extended podcast that breaks down all these different um, implications of trees in Scripture. So a, a lot of it was inspired by that, in conjunction with some other things that I read. But just um, throughout my life, like one of the, one of the first times I really kind of encountered my my understanding of how the Tree of Life works in the context of a modern day believer. Like, what does that mean? Like, because historically, my theology was always we got cut off from the Tree of Life. Yeah. We don't have access to it anymore, and and that's it. But then, as I began to kind of like engage like freedom content, you know, I would look at different books that talk about freedom. A lot of times, there would be this conversation about choosing life. Mm-hmm. We got to get back to the tree of life. Yeah. Um, and so, when you understand like what Eden is, and then you begin to kind of look at the narrative of Scripture, get to the end of the book with Revelation, and seeing like ultimately we're trying to go from Eden, mm-hmm. what God had intended, to getting to what it is going to be, and at the end, like now you see that God's plan had always been for for His people to inhabit this 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 Edenic environment of like yeah. of like wholeness but but Jesus also gives us like these indicators like on earth as it is in heaven mm-hmm. so there's this overlap that that God has intended for his people his modern day believers now that we can experience a life-giving environment yeah. we do have access to the tree of life that doesn't mean that we don't have natural death but there's a there's this life-giving yeah. um access that we have um that we have at our fingertips if we can learn to make the proper choices so um, so as I began to kind of process through it and, and look at all the, the research that's out there, um, the tree of life is, is really like, it's really meant to be going back to the source, kind of yeah. back to what Jesus said, like, let me be the true vine, let me be the source. But, but there's that choice that we have to make. And so for, for Adam and Eve and even for many of us, like that tree of knowledge of good and evil, mm-hmm. um, many would translate that to say the knowledge of good and bad. Like it's yeah. not necessarily evil. It's just that things that are good and things that are not good. Well, unfortunately, man, we we live in a world now where where we allow our knowledge to determine what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, and so, what Scripture says is that like wherever there's not a king, that the people did what was right in their own eyes. That means like, hey, it seems right. Like this is yeah. right to me. So this seems like this is the most appropriate course. Our logic begins to kick in. Like our mind begins to kind of be the driving force for us. And so, what I found more often than not, man, is that whenever we live in that place where we where we we camp out on what we know, yeah. even in even in grace-filled environments we can find ourselves getting away from being life-giving like I mean how many times have we seen whether it be in a Christian context or in an environment where we're just truly trying to to be unified and do the right thing that a lot of times division happens it's not because we're choosing life it's because we're we're resting in what we know and sometimes that gets into the way of us actually being able to access the way that God wants us to do by just simply being life-giving so even when we lean into like uncomfortable conversations like are we doing it in a life-giving way even when we have to like uh, deal with moments that we're, we're dealing with inner conflict, I'm doing it in a life-giving way. Yeah. And, and, and and here's what I'll say, man. I think um, when we look at Adam and Eve in the Eden context and, and realizing that nothing changed about them. When they, when they parts up of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, like
0: literally nothing
1: changed yeah. except the Bible says that their eyes were open and now they knew they were naked. Mm-hmm. Now they knew they were naked and then shame came upon them and now there's this ripple effect that comes from it. What I believe happens with, with us a lot of times, man, is like once we begin to do things the way that we the way that we feel that we should do mm-hmm. the things that are right in our own eyes, like it, it allows us to inherit shame. Yeah. It allows us to inherit condemnation, whether for us or we keep it on to somebody else, just because there's a version of knowledge that we have that we haven't matured into. And so God's plan, man, it really wasn't to keep it wasn't to keep Adam and yeah. Eve from from it eternally. I truly believe that God had intended for them to mature and their walk with him mature as they were as individuals and allow him to be the source that helped them to understand what is right and what is wrong what yeah. is what is good and what is evil but whenever you fast track moments like that mm-hmm. man you yeah. end up giving yourself access to something that your maturity you can't handle yeah. and then it brings upon shame and guilt and judgment and wrath and all those things that we kind of still deal with yeah. today so that's kind of the consequence of when we bypass the tree of life and want to do things in a way that seems right to us
0: yeah. That's good. We talked about that a few weeks ago, too. We talked about David going back and getting the ark. Mm -hmm. He got everybody together, and they did what they said seems right. We all voted on, oh, this seems right. Let's go and do it. They didn't seek God. They just used their own knowledge. They tried to get the ark. The first time it fell, and then David was angry, and he had shame and Mm -hmm. guilt because of Uriah actually dying in that moment. And I remember when we talked about that, it was like if they would have taken a moment to even seek God before they went and did what they did, then they would have had a life-giving situation instead of what happened. 100%. And I, I mean, I can look back at my life, and so many times I see where, man, if I would have actually asked God about a situation, mm-hmm. even like godly situations, like what seems, if I would have asked Him about it instead of just doing what I thought seemed right, or maybe even what someone else told me was right, yeah. I mean, I would have had better results in my life. I know that for yes. sure.
1: Why, why do you think, like, let me Let me ask you, why do you think we we still, I mean, again, it's yeah. it's, it's the... It's the world that we, we live in, but just practically speaking, I mean, why do you think that there are moments that even in spite of Scripture, even in spite of kind of what we know um, Scripture says we should do in regards to engaging God, why do you feel like our default is still to kind of like consult a lot of other sources before we consult the appropriate source?
0: I mean, I know for me, at least, whenever I struggle with that, I mean, I'll do the same thing, like, even even with my kids. I remember whenever we started going through the adoption process mm-hmm. and we were in Nigeria, the one thing that I did time and time and time again was I would open up uh, Google and I would search like for articles. on like, pretty much like how to parent your kids, what to do with adopting kids. I would do all this stuff. See, I didn't have to and for then, of my kids. We just had to freestyle and figure it out. So we we tried to back. freestyle for a little bit. It didn't work very well. But, I mean, I, I would open them up and I'd read it and then I'd try like a new technique. Mm-hmm. And It would work for like a day and then backfire on me afterwards. And so I, I was trying all of these things. And then I remember, I mean, it's, it, it's weird. I can remember, oh, I need to probably ask God what to do. Mm-hmm. But I've been praying and stuff, and then I finally, I, was, I remember laying in the bed, and it had been a really tough day, and I was just like, God, I need you to speak to me because I do not know what to do in this situation. Yes. And I remember he took me right to the scripture where he said his joke disease, his burden is light, mm-hmm. and that if I'll let him, I can learn from him. Yes. I think so many times we don't want to take the time to learn. Yes. And maybe we want to take the time to learn. We just feel like we don't have the time to learn. Yes. We're so busy. We're so like going from like one thing to the next mm-hmm. that we actually don't take time to say, God, teach me. Yes. Like God, show me. And I can look back at every area of my life where I've not done that. And if I would have done that, it would have been different. You
1: know what I think also, and I think this kind of goes hand in hand. Not only is it like we don't want to take the time to learn. So there's could be a moment where it's like, I think there's a side yeah. of it where, okay, I got to figure it out. Um, I kinda I kinda know enough just based off whether the experience, exposure, yeah. conversation. So I kinda got a good feeling. So that, there's that part of it. I think another part of it is like whenever you really begin to ask God, that mm-hmm. means that you're now gonna be accountable to the answer. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So so now if I really ask God, what if the what if the lesson for me is to unlearn some things? That's good. And so unfortunately I think that we get to a place whether it be on purpose or um or just subconsciously we don't ask the question because we really don't want to have to process the answer. Yeah. And I, I say that because I've been there. There's yeah. been many moments where I'm like, man, I, I, I feel like I got a good handle on this. This is what I think I'm going to do. It seems right, man. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you can find a scripture to kind of rationalize it. Yeah. This seems like it's a good idea and you kind of move forward with it. But knowing that if you really pause and pray and ask God now, now we're going to be responsible for the response. Or I think the other side of that could also be like, what does that practically look like? And here's what I mean by that. Like if I if I pause and I pray, what does that answer? Yeah. How do I know there's an answer from God? Because unfortunately we do have a culture where we're you and I are talking right now, it's super clear. Yeah. We even read instances in the Bible where it's the audible voice of God. Like it's very clear. Um Moses burning bush. We have mm-hmm. these moments where it's very clear. But for others, I think there's moments where it's like, like, how how do I know that God's speaking? Yeah. And so that's where you'll have these these these, these aha moments when you're having conversations with individuals, and, and I've been on both sides of the conversation where it's like, God told me, mm-hmm. God told me to. Yep. And it's like, okay, like, so, so God told you this, like what are the indicators? What are the things that mm-hmm. allows you to know that you've heard from God? And so the pieces that are connected, prayer and the word, they are so essential yeah. because prayer is us talking to God, we pause, we reflect, but the word is how God speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna be like book, chapter, verse yep. dynamics, but he's going to speak to you in a manner that's congruent with his word. Mm -hmm. So whenever we're really pausing and asking God to speak to us, I think that even for those who may have tried and they're like, I've prayed and I didn't get anything from it. i prayed and I didn't get an answer. Maybe it's because like the language that God is speaking is unfamiliar because they're not enough engaged in the scripture to be able to interpret when he is giving us prompting. So so this is one of the things that I learned early in my faith. I remember I would pray prayers um, and then when I would go to church, the pastor would preach a message and it seemed as if it was like, it's my, right to me. It's my house bugged. Like, what is going on? <laughs> like, when, on like, like, who? Who, who told? Yeah. Who snitched? Like, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. you're really trying to figure you're it out. You're on your wife. Like, did you? Like, realize, did you he, tell him like, him? he didn't have to tell her yeah. that. Like, I thought that was between us. Like, you know, you have those moments, and if we and if we don't pause to recognize, like, that is God speaking, yeah. we can look at it as like a spiritual coincidence, mm-hmm. or we don't really take it and put it into practice. Yeah. But God speaks to us through His Word, and sometimes it's going to be through community. Sometimes yeah. it's going to be through a message. It could be through. Scrolling through social media, like I think that God's gonna show things, but what's important for us to remember is that when God does speak, it will not contradict his word. Yeah, he's gonna always speak to you in a pattern and a rhythm that's consistent with his nature and yeah. with his word. And so our 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 necessity of engaging scripture is is paramount if we're really gonna have these moments where we invite God into whatever season we're in and and allow him to encourage us where we are, but lead us to where we're going in. Yeah. Like those are those are the vital pieces. So when we look at the the, the tree of life narrative and, and choosing life and avoiding death, it's it's understanding that, man, like I have a choice to make, yeah. and, and 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 I shared this a little bit on Sunday, but I was, I was I was fascinated at the fact that apparently these trees are in proximity of one another, and so it's like I, I wanna I wanna get to life. I'm walking I'm walking towards life, but this this tree of temptation, this this knowledge, what I know, is always a default, and so. Um, the initial example is like okay, when I want to do good, evil's yet with me. That's yeah. that's kind of like the, the premise. But I honestly feel like we can make it even more simple. It could just simply be like I'm in my job, and I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to choose life. I'm trying to be encouraging, but my but this boss or this coworker yeah. is still in my ear. That temptation to just spaz out is still ever so close. And and I think that's the tension that that people can deal with, man. So like, what would you say for a person that they're in that space, like they're. They're living in their own personal eden, so to speak. Yeah. They're they're pursuing life, they're doing the best that they can and 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 they want to do good, but that temptation to just wall out is right there. Like yeah. how would you how would you encourage somebody, like you have a choice to make. We really do have a choice to make. Um and what's encouraging is as close as temptation is, so is life. Yeah. We just have to choose which one we go to. How would you inspire somebody to like, man, just just choose life?
0: Yeah. I think sometimes we'll make it look well, don't put yourself in those situations. Yeah. What about when you're in a work situation? Exactly. Like it's not that easy all the time. It's not that easy. And so I think it's when you're when you're in those situations, for me, the thing that's helped the most is trying to be very, very cognitive of the choice that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Because what you can do is you can go back to your default really yes. easy. And so every every moment is a choice. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do um, is a choice. Yes. Um, I even take it back in maybe not work, but maybe kids. Um, I mean, your kids can be wilding out one minute mm-hmm. and like not like you, but the next minute they can want to snuggle with you. Yeah. And you got to make that like decision. Am I going to be graceful? Yeah. Am I going to like be forgiving? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be like, well, you actually just, you know, you mouthed off at me a minute ago. I don't want you to snuggle yeah. here. I right know like those kind of things. It's every moment, every moment really is a choice. Yeah. And if you can be cognitive of those things and recognize, I can, I always can feel when a choice needs to be made. Yeah. But it's my choice to then make the right choice. Yes. And that, that's the hardest thing because I, I, I'll always in those situations, no matter what happens across the board, I'll feel like I know what's right. I know what I shouldn't do. And if I'm not careful and I'm not cognitive about it, I'll just go right back. Yes. here. And so I think a lot of times what we can do in Christianity is you can try to, like, remove our mind from the equation. Yes. But so many times, so and all throughout Scripture, it's like you need to be renewed by, like, renewing your mind. Yes. Take every thought captive. You talked about that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Every thought that comes in your mind, you have a choice. Are you going to act on the thought that comes in your mind? Are you yeah. going to act on the Word of God? And that That's is the true. that that is the most inspiring thing that you can do is start to be very cognitive, both mentally and spiritually, in those moments when you have a choice to make. Yes. Because like, right. when we remove our mind, we will just go right back to our default. Yes. And so just, just renewing your mind and knowing, man, if I can't end these situations, cognitive mentally and spiritually in these moments mm-hmm. and if you don't have the answer like that's okay pray in that moment do whatever you, open your bible do whatever you need to do mm-hmm. um, but especially in moments where you can't maybe remove yourself from that temptation of right. anger of impatience or whatever it may mm-hmm. be like you got to make a cognitive decision to choose life and not just choose the knowledge of good and evil in those moments
1: that's that's true man and i think um to add to that man there's there's always there's always a a, a, a a byproduct of the choices we yeah. make, and and that just continues to that choice leads to another choice and that leads to another choice yeah. so if we look at if we do look at like the the tension between the tree of life and then we look at the tension of um with the knowledge of good and evil okay so the enemy comes into the equation he tempts them and, and ultimately leads out of the need to like okay let's let's participate in in this fruit. like god's holding out on you um and so if you do things way that seems right to you it's going to be far more beneficial here's a here's a here's a little thought i'm I'm going to give this one to you yeah here's here's how you thank you yeah yeah, it's okay man we'll 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 deduct it from each other okay (laughs) so um here here's here's a little tidbit that i think would be encouraging for us how do you know when the enemy is lying when he's talking
0: yeah
1: because jesus says the truth is not in him yeah and so often i honestly believe that we, we we can sometimes believe a lie. Scripture even talks about how we can believe a lie from you. Like sin will never deliver all this promise. Yeah. It'll it'll never actually be able to like give you what you think it's gonna give you. Like Adam and Eve were convinced like, oh yeah, like that, that makes sense. That seems right to me. And then there's a deep consequence that goes yeah. with it. But then not only was there shame, but now they had another choice to make because God shows up. And and, and we can play these what-if scenarios in scripture and there's times I let my mind go there, but at the end of the day it's just inference. But I do often wonder to myself, like, when God shows up and he's like, Adam and Eve, where are you? Like, I often wonder, like, if they were to say, like, hey, God, like, we, we messed up, man. Like, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but this 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 serpent came up, man. We got we got sidetracked. Like, man, can you help us? Like, again, this is just inference. But yeah. I, I often wonder, like, what would have been different if they would have been able to present their, their yeah. flaws and their brokenness uh, to God in that moment? Yeah. But what they did is, they, the says, they, they played the blame game. Yeah. But then even before they got to the blame game, bible says they covered themselves up again it seems right i made this mistake i'm dealing with shame i'm disconnected from the tree of life i'm looking at her she's looking at me we're we're, we feel guilty and all this stuff let us go do whatever we got to do to try to cover the shame up and that just continues to perpetuate this idea of making one choice at least to another choice at least another choice and now we have multiplied sin because now we're still trying to fix my shame in a way that seems right yeah. so they're like hey let me go get some fig leaves because that seems right yeah and so it's again like god's like man like you, you've gotten so off track like if you can just surrender to me so I, I i believe that in the context of church in the context of ministry if there's something that I, I, I want people to walk away with because we all are in moments where sometimes we choose life yeah and then there's scenarios where maybe we don't choose life and then there's like a ripple effect from it be willing to present that to god Yeah. No matter what don't try to continue to cover it up with another yep. choice and another choice and another choice because at the end of the day and we'll never get the covering that god has for us until we really can reveal yeah. um the pain and brokenness that we have here so i think that's a that's a true that's a truly vital component yeah. of us walking in fellowship with god knowing that he's not mad that there's grace for it yeah. and he's going to walk with us through it but we gotta be willing to present yeah. it for it
0: it makes me think of uh, a few weeks ago olivia always gets in trouble no, not in trouble. she always gets food all over her every time she eats. And so we've really been working on, hey, don't get your clothes dirty while we're eating. Like, we're in public. Please don't have ketchup all over your shirt. And so um, a few weeks ago, she was eating dinner, and I heard her messing around in the kitchen. I didn't know what she was doing. And she had gotten something on her shirt, and she had gone to the kitchen, and she thought she grabbed, like, the uh, spray-and-wash stuff mm-hmm. to spray on her shirt. Nope, she got Clorox. Uh, and so- sprayed it all <laughs> over her shirt. And then, like, she realized what she did and so like I came out there and she was like trying to like, hide. she had a towel, trying to like hide behind the towel. Mm-hmm. It got all over the red towel. So mm-hmm. then the red towel got Clorox all over it, all that kind of stuff. And so after the situation, I like talked to her and she goes, I just, I didn't want really to get in trouble. I'm like, I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but if you would have brought it to me, yes. then I could have actually taken it. I could have mm-hmm. washed it. I could have gotten that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so like, I even think about this stuff. Now I think about God a lot more as a father now being yes. a dad, than I ever have before. Yes. So many times in those moments, if we'll just take it to God. Yep. Like, right in the moment when it happens, mm-hmm. instead of, and, and I know it's hard when you're feeling the shame, when you're feeling the guilt, when you're like, Man, I need to fix this myself. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we can do that in those moments, He's a forgiving God, He's a gracious God. Yes, Um, he, He's right there for us in those moments. And then those moments will actually, like we talked about, they'll create momentum in our life because now we're taking it, we're handing it over to God. Yes, and we're saying, Like, hey, like, I, I don't want to do it my way, I messed up. Help me fix it. Like you help you. Yes. You do what only you can do, because I'm gonna get Clorox and mess everything up. And, and here's the
1: thing, man. That's 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 beautiful. Here's the thing with that, like, we're gonna be talking about this later on in the series, but, but, that he is the truth. He's yeah. the way, the truth, and the life. So it, it's interesting how like the truth shall set you free. Yeah. So often like we we don't want to like speak or share our truth with God, so we live in this perpetual state of shame, condemnation, cover up, shame, yeah. condemnation, cover up. But if we can just present it to God and allow the truth to set us free, that's what allows us to be able to live a life that even if there's moments of vulnerability, yeah. even if there's moments where I fall short and make mistakes, I can present it to God. Now we're not gonna continue in sin, so yeah. embrace me a bound as Paul would say. But it is understanding that that I can bring this to God because it's only then can I have an encounter with truth which truly will set me free, man. Yeah. So that, I think that's that's why I'm so excited about this series is because I really want us to explore the the character of Jesus. I I think that a lot of times we know stories about God, but we don't understand His overarching character and His nature. And now, by definition, who we are and what we have access to, man. So this this past week, man, going with "I am the true vine." That sets the tone for all of it because I think if we can get a hold of that, then we know that we can trust everything else we're gonna hear. So in the coming weeks, man, we're gonna hit on um, the Good Shepherd, the Door, like really understanding what does that mean through the biblical lens. What does that mean for us? because even whenever god reveals himself to us yeah. not only is there something we have access to but here's the challenge there's also something that's required of us yeah. so in, in in this past week's narrative i am the source the requirement for you is to abide yeah. stick with me and you'll get the benefits of everything yeah. that comes with it and each week we're going to identify this is who this is who jesus is this is what we have access to but here is how you do it yeah. and i think that's the part that i think becomes the practical steps and how we can really begin to walk in wholeness because it's impossible yeah. if we don't submit ourselves first to the truth
0: yeah. i love it i mean that literally that is I don't, I don't even know if it was planned or you planned it to start off with that but like with him being the source and everything coming from that yeah. it makes so much sense but man this past weekend was awesome you can't wait for the next weekends uh it's yes. gonna be great um, I hope everybody who's listening to the first after the message, you know, yes. next week we'll have the after the, after the message, after, you know, after. Uh, but uh, subscribe, whatever podcasts, uh you're listening on, if you're watching on YouTube, yes. make sure to hit that subscribe button and then share this with your friends too. If you yeah. know people who need it, I mean, I'm going to share it with people. I'm going to watch it again myself. I'll yeah. probably critique myself too. I'm just going
1: to be honest. This is how I yeah. am. Even though we're having
0: a conversation, That's it, man. present it present yeah, it's man. So good. And,
1: let, and let God work in it yeah, that'd but, be great. for sure. And, and here's the thing, man, we're going to get, creative with these. We're going to add more people to the conversation. Sometimes it's going to be um, longer, shorter, just depending on what we really want, what we believe God's calling us to do, man. But but our heart has always been, man, is to really, to extend the conversation, to do as much as we can, do to make it practical, to help people. But we don't want to just preach messages. We want to teach the Bible, the whole counsel of Scripture, and helping people to understand. Like, I don't want you to just know a story about Jesus. I want you to see Him in all aspects of Scripture and in your life because we gotta, that's the only way we can experience this, yep. man. So it's gonna be a vibe, man. I'm pumped. I'm glad we're doing this, man. And um, we're just getting started.
0: All right, sounds good.
1: See All you right. next week. Appreciate you All right.